Okay, everyone. Oh, Peter. Hey. Sorry I'm late. It's a jungle out there. I had to beat an old lady with a stick to get these cramps. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. I'm your host, Gabe Thomas. With me, as always, is your co-host, Francis Colcala. And today, we are talking about three very special Thanksgiving stories that, as we discussed mere moments ago, are very vaguely based around Thanksgiving. Uh, it's very difficult to find things for such a niche holiday, but we didn't want to do a full episode during our vacation. So this is what you get. We're going to be talking about three stories across three decades, absolutely transcendent storytelling here. Like when we did our Christmas episode last year, we did three episodes of cartoons, but it's very easy to find superhero Christmas content. Thanksgiving, it's not. So we're going to be talking about two comic books and one episode of a show, a show that we've talked about in the past, actually, um, that conveniently was one of the only shows that had a Thanksgiving episode. I was really hoping the 90s X-Men show would have something, but it did not. <laughs> yeah, what were, what were our other options other than what we went for? Was there, there like was, anything else? For TV, there was like an episode of Teen Titans Go. <laughs> um, and so I think I made the right call because I was going to try and do like Marvel and DC stuff. But then when I looked at the list, I was like, no, this is bad. Like you'd think there would be like a Justice League Thanksgiving special. Yeah, I would think that there would be at least a little more. But at the same time, I'm not surprised that there's like almost nothing. There's more comics. There's some Thanksgiving comics. But anyway, I, I think the way that we'll do this is we'll talk about one of the comics, then we'll talk about the episode, because that'll be the shortest section of this show, and then we'll talk about the other comic. So the first one that we, that I subjected you to was an issue of The Vision and the Scarlet Witch from 1985, issue number six, The Mutant Who Came to Dinner. What did you think of this comic, Freddy? Much like everything we watched or subjected ourselves to, I thought it was fine. I mean, it was pretty short, in all honesty. It didn't take me very long to get through it. It was a Thanksgiving comic. Uh, it was. was about as much as I could say about it. The, the, the end of it, I was kind of surprised considering there was, like, any action at all. I didn't think there was going to be, especially considering, yeah. like, the other comic we read. But also, it was just really weird action. <laughs> it was yeah a very strange plot was this the first comic you read before the other one um no i actually read the the other one first okay i read this one first i took extensive notes on all three of the things we're talking about i don't know how much of them i'll go into just the funny stuff probably this got more actiony which made me a little bit worried that the other one would be actiony and it, the other one was a lot more chill which is kind of what i wanted i think i do prefer the other comic that we'll be talking about but this is a fun little 80s X-Men adventure. So basically, Vision and Wanda, they're hosting their Thanksgiving dinner. Most of the Avengers, they're like, they're on a mission, but Captain America and Namor and the Wasp are there. And, and Doctor then, Strange. And Doctor Strange is there because he is Wanda's physician, which is awkward, I would imagine. <laughs> Wanda's pregnant also. That's why Doctor Strange is there, because she's pregnant with a baby that I don't know if it's ever born, or if it is, it probably does horrible things, because anything Wanda does is, is usually cause for <laughs> Anything concern. Wanda makes is bad. <laughs> it's always cause for concern. She's getting rid of all the mutants or inviting her dad to dinner in a very awkward situation. The weirdest thing about the setup of this is that Vision's neighbors are there, 
like just random people are there hanging out with Captain America. I, I don't think that's safe. Yeah, that was that. that was really strange, especially especially when Magneto shows up, and these random people are like, "This guy's gonna kill me." <laughs> yeah, obviously, because that's superhero shit. Yeah, that's like the main plot of this is that Magneto shows up and everybody everybody puts their little fists up. They they all go, "Oh, is this gonna be a fight?" But Wanda has invited him, or Wanda and Vision have invited him. They didn't tell anybody. And Pietro's there, and he gets real mad because that's their dad, and he's the worst. And Wanda should probably not have invited him, but she's like, "Well, I was talking to him, and Thanksgiving was coming up, so I I didn't have a choice." You do, you do have a choice. Don't do that. That's you're an idiot, Wanda. What the fuck? Why would you? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this comic is very subtle. It's when one of the neighbors, who I guess is Wonder Man's mom, is like, hey, Vision, I'm kind of like your mom because you're based on Wonder Man or whatever. And he's like, that's, I never want to think about that again. Uh, <laughs> and there's another moment where Captain America is hanging out with him and Namor and he's like, hey, since you were based on the original Human Torch, this is like an Invaders reunion. And Vision's like, I don't care. Like, I, I have no part Yeah, they're that. like, we all fought in the war together. And he's just like, I guess we did. I don't remember it, but I'm sure we did. <laughs> I love how he's just completely fed up Vision, who's just like, I sure, whatever. Shut yeah, the fuck up. just completely regretting inviting any of these people <laughs> into his home. <laughs> his attitude throughout the whole comic gets really great. I love the whole Pietro Wanda confrontation because he's like, Why are you crying? And she's like, I just do sometimes, which is like, Yeah, in a it's my effect. hormones. That <laughs> yeah. was weird. Written by, by a bunch of 45 year old men in the 80s. So I don't, I think they were just like, This is fine. We could write this. And Pietro yeah, runs out of the room and says, Showing. Yeah, right. But he runs out of the room and goes, I don't want to hear about this because that's, <laughs> that's girl problems and that's gross. Yeah, icky, gross cooties yeah exactly that's exactly the line he says he ditches oh and janet is like yeah hank and i are divorced but it's fine because we're on different avengers teams also he tried to build a child once and i've done some research and i can't i don't know what that means (laughs) i don't know i don't know if that's did he literally try to build a child probably because he's insane he beats his wife there are sometimes that I wish there was the little asterisk next to it that, sh- that tells you what comic it's referring to. I would have checked it down. Because they say the most like, wild shit and just don't reference where it's actually from. And they only reference things that you don't actually care about. I know, right? <laughs> this is really good Thanksgiving story in terms of like everyone just hates their family because Crystal and Pietro are together. And she's like, yeah, he's, um, he's always gone. Like he doesn't, he doesn't hang out with me on the moon. and <laughs> He just leaves. Magneto, I don't know who asks him. It's like Namor is like, how's the weather? And he's like, it's great. And then in a thought bubble, he says, I was a fool to come here. My children do not love me. And I am fully responsible for that fact. <laughs> like, <it's> like <laughs> oh my God, that's a big thing to put in a thought bubble after asking about the weather or whatever. Apparently the reason Magneto wanted to come to this Thanksgiving dinner is because the new mutants, which he was in charge of at the time, Anya Taylor-Joy's own, they ditched him to go hang out with the Power Pack. The Power Pack is a group of like eight-year-old kids with superpowers. I, I don't know if they should be hanging out. <laughs> and then there's like a recreation of The Last Supper with Vision as Jesus. So I don't know what to say about that either. Everybody is sitting around the table for, for the dinner and they're all thinking about how much they hate Magneto. 
Uh, yeah, and all the terrible <laughs> things he's done. Yeah, exactly. All the like specific things he's done to each every single one of them. They're all just looking at him and thinking about it. And then all the Avengers leave, and Namor's like, Wanda, you're so hot, and I once wanted to fuck you. Vision is very lucky. Don't say that. That's not okay, <laughs> Namor. Yeah, she's just like, that's cool. <laughs> it's so... It's so strange. And that's actually going to come back at the end of this when another character is like, Wanda, I'm actually in love with you. And so Magneto apologizes to her and she's like, I'm sorry for all the stuff I did, but you know, I, I used to, you know, I was a kid when the Nazis were there, so it's fine, right? And she's like, no, no you can't excuse everything you've ever done on something that happened to you 40 years ago. Is it okay that Magneto is a Holocaust survivor and he's a supervillain? <laughs> is that okay? Like, I know he has a good motivation, but, like, that's a little strange. It's it's a little weird, but I, I think with his character and his motivation specifically, it makes sense to me. I don't think it's in, it, inherently a bad thing. It's not supposed to be, but... When you it's really just, when you think about think it, about it's, it. it's a little questionable. It's like, it's like oh, this guy, the, he was in the worst historical event, event of all time, and we have to stop him. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, Wanda starts, like, she's freaking out. And some random girl shows up at the door from a previous issue of this series, I guess. And so Wanda ditches. And Magneto starts, like, flying around. And I guess he sees something because he comes back and he's like, guys, we got to go boys trip into the backyard. We can't tell Wanda about this for some reason. And the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants is there. And there's a version of Magneto who's in his full costume, and there's a version of Pietro who's in his, like, green costume, which will be weirdly important later. Uh, Pietro, he's getting beat up by the clone. And then my favorite thing in X-Men comics, or 80s comics generally starts happening, where everybody starts explaining their powers to each other as they use them. (laughs) Then Vision starts fighting Quicksilver. They have, like, a weird phase, a phase-off. Pietro, he, he wakes back up and he's like, thanks, dad. And he starts beating up Mastermind, who uses all of his illusions to trick everybody. But Vision has a computer for a brain, so it doesn't work on him, I guess. And then Vision grabs Toad, and then he tells Magneto to drain all the blood from the head of this <laughs> creature, which is like a very... Yeah, he's like, gr- grab him and drain the blood out of his brain. <laughs> it's just so like he straight up killed Toad on Thanksgiving. That's basically what happened, because it turns out that the mastermind, the real mastermind of this whole situation is fucking just Toad, who had a machine from some aliens. Now he's in charge of some alien planet, because I don't fucking know what's going on, but... He has an illusion machine because he is in love with Wanda, I guess. He has like unlimited space resources. And do you remember what his new name is? is isn't it literally just King Toad? <laughs> it's the terrible Toad King. Great. <laughs> so he's, it's a quick rebrand because everybody starts calling him that right away. Yeah, but everybody kind of accepts it. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I, I guess he, he's a lot more powerful than all of them, so he does. Then Pietro just punches him in the head because he used his super speed to change the color of his costume so he would look like the evil version of himself. That That's not a thing that can happen, right? If you're going super fast, does green become blue? Can that happen? No, I I think he used his super speed to switch costumes with the other Quicksilver. Is that what happened? 
I, I think that's what it was. I think he oh switched costumes God. with the other Quicksilver so he could trick Toad and punch him in the head. Either way, it's the worst thing that's ever happened in a comic. No, but it's it is really a, stupid. It's a stupid <laughs> conclusion to this story that I do like. No, I think the dumber part uh, of the conclusion to this is just Magneto being like, don't tell Wanda about this. I need to earn her trust in a different way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, well, if she finds out that I helped you guys fight this battle, she's going to think I just did it to impress her or whatever. It's like, that's an insane way to think. But I guess he is a crazy person. He wants to enslave humanity. <laughs> so yeah, he, he flies away and he's like, but tell her that I said, thanks for dinner, I guess. And they come back in the house and Wanda's like, you know that random girl who showed up earlier? I'm going to train her now. Also, what what's going on? Because you guys were gone for a long time and they're like, nothing, nothing happened. And then it ends. And I'm going to have to read the rest of the series uh later because i want to know what the fuck is going on and if magneto ever comes back and if toad the terrible toad king ever comes back this was a pretty bonkers issue yeah there's a lot of very weird stuff that happens that i feel like most of the really weird stuff is just completely unrelated to thanksgiving it's just like toad and all this weird mutant shit happening it's yeah oh yeah it's not about thanksgiving at all he wasn't trying to steal thanksgiving unfortunately do you think people should read this comic for the holiday? I think it's short enough. It's like it will maybe take you like 20 minutes to read. Uh it's so short that like you you might as well read it and it's so weird and so, so weird. funny that you should just go for it. I'll definitely leave leave like comicsology links to all this stuff because I think you should check out definitely these comics. I think they're they're very interesting. And I, I like reading a holiday-themed thing around the holidays. That's nice, even when it's barely about it. But so that's that's the mutant who came to dinner. Do you want to talk about the spectacular Spider-Man again? I mean, sure. I don't, I don't honestly know how much there is to say about this one. This is the one that I have the least to say about. This is the one where I was like, ooh, we should have just read more comics, because the comics are more fun, <laughs> I think. To talk Probably. About I, I think this has a, a whole lot of, like, nothing to it. Uh, Aunt May apparently had a heart attack in a previous episode. Venom is in this episode for some reason. It's a Venom-centric episode. And it, it just so happens that the, the entire, like, fight at the end of the episode takes place during a, a Thanksgiving parade on a bunch of floats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's about as Thanksgiving as it gets. It's just a Thanksgiving parade and then, like, one minute of thanksgiving at the very end it's, and then yeah peter parker's like i want to continue being spider-man and pour some serum down the drain <laughs> it's a fine episode of this show but as a thanksgiving spectacular it is as thanksgiving as sam raimi's spider-man is where it's like you got the parade floats and you got the dinner scene but it's not very autumnal other than that i think that actually feels more like thanksgiving because that has like like all the, you know, in the graveyards, got all the leaves and stuff. This is like, it looks like the summer, but there's some turkey sometimes. Sometimes someone will say dinner. I also feel like there's too many bigger, like bigger picture plot points in this episode for it to be very good to watch like on its own. Because he's like talking about Dr. Connors, which is where he got the serum from, and whether he should continue being Spider-Man, and all the relationships he has with all of his friends, and Aunt May having a heart attack. It's like, 
there's too much going on for it to feel like a Thanksgiving episode, other than the floats. <laughs> Would it surprise you to learn that this is the season finale to the first season of the show? No, because I saw that it was the season finale. Yeah, but that so I think really that's probably why there's so many plot lines coming together. But, but also, like, why would you yeah. make the season finale a, a holiday episode? <laughs> I don't know. See, it's confusing. Like, it's it's too many things. You gotta pick one. But no, it's everything, I guess. There's some weird shit in it, though. Uh, Venom's voice is terrible. It appears you have a job opening. We'll take it. I hate it. There's, like, three voices all layered on top of each other, but also they're all, like, half a second apart. And is like, auto-tuned a little bit. It's really bad. I've been watching all the Spider-Man movies with Tommy recently over the last, like, week, and I don't know if we properly articulated it. was a long time ago, so we probably did, but how terrible it is in Spider-Man 3 that Venom just has Topher Grace's normal voice. Oh, yeah. I know all about you. Like, the fact that Spider-Man won't let you help your poor daughter... We did talk about that because that's yeah. genuinely awful. It is. Spider-Man 3, I love it. It's a lot worse than I remembered. Like, <laughs> like in a bad way. Like, I, I've i seen it a million times, but watching it the other day, it's like, oh, no, this is, like, this is bad. This would be really disappointing in, in 2007, actually. I know it's fun because we all love Toby or whatever, but it's like, it's, it's worse than the Garfield ones, I think. <laughs> I think, like, as a movie, it probably is. I didn't know that, but I think it might be. Um, Strictly as a film, probably, but it is more fun, in my opinion, than those movies are. Okay, well, that's fine. Well, actually, as a film, it's probably better than Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, I don't know. It's more creative, but it's probably dumber. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to watch them again to compare them. You should. You should watch the Amazing Spider-Man movies as soon as you can. Yeah, because I, I, I love watching those movies all the time. <laughs> I love watching those movies. They're great. Why is this show so, like... I know that Peter always has weird romance problems and weird high school problems, but every single girl is obsessed with him. And he's, like, yeah. pretty boring in these in this version. Yeah, he doesn't have much to him, but it seems like every single female character in the entire show is trying to get with him. Yeah. And it's it's very weird. <laughs> like it takes up a sizable chunk of the show, it seems. Yeah. Uh Venom sends Aunt May flowers in the hospital, I guess, before trying to kill her. Just kill her, dude. What are you doing? You're an yeah. idiot. You're dumb. Eddie Brock is a dumb man, I guess. Um, and he's like, Well, Spider-Man asked me not to kill her, so I'll go. He says he'll kill Mary Jane. Or or that's what's implied, but then he actually just cares about Gwen. Also, it's hard for me to keep track of who's who because nobody looks like what they should look like. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've officially turned on this show, even though it does have the greatest theme song of all time. It's all right. <laughs> you don't like it? You don't think it's good? It's it's fine. It it does its job. Just some little things I want to mention. Spider-Man refers to the symbiote as Simbi at one point. Simbi and I spent so much quality time together. Which is gross. There is a major plot point, or at least a minor plot point, about them calling each other bro. 
We know who you love the most, bro. Eddie? Which is not great. Uh, <laughs> there's some ultimate. Oh, yeah. Also, Eddie Brock is a high schooler in this version, <laughs> which is weird to me. Because yeah, he's weird. never been. He's never been the same age as Peter ever, has he? I think in Ultimate Spider-Man, they are, because there's a weird Ultimate Spider-Man reference in this, like in the comics, not that, not the show by the child abuse or whatever. In the comics, their parents worked together. Like the Brocks and the Parkers, like created the symbiote, because <laughs> comics are stupid. What the fuck? Yeah, and there's a reference to that in this, where Eddie's like, Our parents may have died together, but you had your precious aunt and uncle. We had no one. He also has, like, a Venomgina at one point, because it does open up the mouth. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was hot, but anyway, the teens are trying to save Gwen, uh, and, and they just do. And this does have something I appreciate, which is the rare appearance of referring to Flash as Eugene, which is his real name. That's the plan, Eugene. It happens in The Amazing Spider-Man also. Always good to see. I kind of like the way that Spider-Man takes care of the symbiote in this, where he's like, come come back to me because we're a great pair. And the symbiote gets back to him and he's like, I hate you, kill yourself. And he drops in cement. So that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was kind of cheesy because they were like, oh, look at all my friends. You're not my oh, real friend, symbiote. Yeah. And Symbiote is just like, ew, friendship, and then just like comes out of his body. Yeah, that was some like Order of the Phoenix shit, but I don't know. I, I thought it was cute. I like a good Spider-Man symbiote story. This isn't a good Spider-Man symbiote story, but that's a fine moment, I guess. That doctor wants to get with Aunt May, doesn't he? <laughs> like that, Absolutely. That was... I got some very vibes from that guy. <laughs> okay, so it's not just me, because I was like, this guy is like, he like takes her home, and they're just in the bedroom together. It's like, this is not protocol this is strange this is a dr strange wanda situation um he gave me a ride home <laughs> oh yeah is that all and then he eats dinner with them this is not a character i don't think yeah <laughs> and gwen and captain stacy two people who peter parker will get killed eventually both show up to eat thanksgiving dinner <laughs> and aunt may is publishing a cookbook because she's broke i guess and she's like well, this won't cover my hospital bills, so now we'll have to make another cookbook. And Peter made a big mess in the kitchen trying to make Thanksgiving dinner, so he has to clean that up. And he's like, yeah, I'll be Spider-Man, I guess. And then Gwen kisses him, and the symbiote's like, I'm going to kill her now, I guess. And that's it. And that's <laughs> the end of the episode. Moving on to our next thing. This is my favorite of the three things that we talked about. I genuinely thought this was a pretty solid X-Men story. I, I think out of everything that we looked at, this was the most like wholesome and seemingly Thanksgiving-y. It, it gets very 90s sometimes, but it would be remiss if it didn't, honestly. This is the Uncanny X-Men issue 308, <laughs> because, holy shit, uh, Mixed Blessings came out in 1994. It's mostly about Gene and Scott's relationship. But it's also about the X-Men teaching Bishop how to enjoy Thanksgiving. It looks beautiful right off the bat because it's like it's all fall atmosphere. They're walking through the, the autumn leaves and Scott's got his leather jacket. Good, good start. And they're walking around and Jean's like, Scott, you're so hot. And she remembers the first time they <laughs> met and she was like, yeah, you were so hot. Uh, and Jubilee and Beast, this is when I was immediately starting to get worried about this comic because they're wearing shades. They look terrible. 
she's like riding his back because I guess he drank some coffee or something. Like that's like the explanation. That's not that's not good. And Banshee and Forge and Storm are raking leaves and Beast just wrecks shit. And then Rogue and Bobby and Gambit, they're trying to tell Bishop, like, you should build a scarecrow. And then Bobby builds a scarecrow of Doctor Doom, which I think is like building a scarecrow of Osama bin Laden. Like you can't, like he's a fucking terrorist. You can't do that. Yeah, you, you can't make like figures of any kind of known worldwide terrorists, I yes. don't think. That doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> Who cried when the towers fell? Yeah, I know you shouldn't be doing that, but <laughs> and Bobby's like, it's like being a kid. It's an excuse to be a kid again. And Bishop says that when he was a kid, he had to spend his time trying to keep his bone marrow, which is like, that's pretty. That's holy shit, that man. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of stuff where it's like, that's pretty, that's good. And this becomes like the main crux of the story where Bobby's trying to teach Bishop how to play football while Jean's like remembering conversations she had where she's like, I once told Professor X about how hot you were, Scott. And and I couldn't, I couldn't even be psychic anymore because you were so hot, uh, which is the dream, obviously. Scott is like, I think that you were able to defeat the Phoenix because of your humanity. And she's like, no, Scott, it's because you're so hot. It's because you're so hot. And when I, when something bad happened to you, I was so powerful because of how hot you were that I was able to defeat the Phoenix. Which I think is just, I love that they've just completely written Gene to be the most, like, lovesick, blind person imaginable. But she's like the most powerful of any of them. But she just thinks that Scott is so dreamy. That. literally every time scott brings up anything it's just like no it's because i just love you so much that's how i got through it literally uh some sort of alien being trying to destroy all life in the universe <laughs> powered through it because i love you so much I know, she just gives like no credit to herself like that is is bad <laughs> like when i say it's well written like gene is not well written in this at all because she's there's no complexity to her really the whole football game, I don't even know how to talk about it because so much weird stuff happens. I, I was so lost during that whole football game. I'm going to be totally honest. I could not tell what was happening in, like, no, every single panel of that. And, like, nobody's recognizable. Like, you have to, like, pay attention to the names. Like, Gambit has, like, flowing red hair. An angel shows up at some point, and he just looks, like, fucking terrible. Like, he looks like... <laughs> I don't know. He looks like a kaleidoscope man. And Gene's, like... We should have a family, but not, not, you know, not Rachel, our daughter from the future, who I hate, <laughs> because I felt like that meant everything was decided for us. And Scott's like, yeah, I also had a kid who I, I shot into the future. And that's Cable. He, he's Cyclops' kid who they shot into the future, because Scott's a terrible person, I guess. Everybody's because comics. Because comics. And then Charles catches the football, and this poor disabled man is tackled by some of the strongest beings on the planet. As they yeah, just... he gets assaulted by fucking four people, he's just like, "Yeah, guys, dinner's ready," and then just gets assaulted by like five people. <laughs> and he tries to be so smug about it because he catches the football and is like, "As I was saying," and then just gets decimated by, <laughs> by all these people who are so much more powerful than him. Who, like, if his legs weren't broken before. They they would be then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Jean asks Scott to marry her, which I guess is progressive, but it's also not considering Jean's character through this whole story. And they all gather around for dinner, and Charles is like, 
we we've all like lost like a ton of shit this year everybody we know has died or we've sent our kids into the future and logan left because he hates us but it's all i actually i looked into it logan left because right before this comic happened um he got all of the adamantium in his body so that's why he left he wasn't at thanksgiving because he was recovering from all of the metal in his body being removed Well, okay, that's actually an interesting story because when he gets all the adamantium from his body removed, that's when his healing factor starts going into overdrive. Because, like, before it was, like, Wolverine would get shot, and then, like, two days later he'd be fine. But after getting the adamantium taken out of his skeleton, that's when, like, he can you can drop an atomic bomb on him and he's fine. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't until that happened that that, like, became a thing. So that is interesting that that ties in some small way. But yeah, um, learning, okay, learning that that's the context of him not being there was really unfortunate because of i don't remember who says it later on but somebody actually makes fun of wolverine for not being there they're like oh logan's off licking his wounds or whatever like the worst thing ever happened (laughs) what are you talking about yeah yeah i know oh yeah in this panel where he's like listing all the things that happened he's like logan's injuries be more specific because it's pretty horrible what happened (laughs) I don't remember the circumstances, but whatever it was is definitely something Charles probably put him on the path of. Because anything <laughs> bad that's happened to any of them has happened because of this, like, evil bald man who they all worship for some reason. Gene and Scott are like, we're getting married, and Charles is salty because he's always been in love with Jean Grey, a child. So that's yeah. the end of that Thanksgiving story. Yeah, the, the comic literally ends with... Uh, like a thought bubble from Charles who's like I don't know if this was the best idea but everybody looks happy the end (laughs) like okay okay Charles relax and while he has some reservations about the decision made here this day he chooses to keep them to himself (laughs) (laughs) what what the fuck like just be happy for them you old fuck He's like, he gives a whole speech about how thankful he is that Logan got all the metal torn off his bones, but the second that Scott is happy, he's like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You assholes. So anyway, that's the uplifting ending to our Thanksgiving Chronicles. Uh, I love doing these Halloween, like, these holiday episodes. I I can't wait for Christmas. (laughs) Oh yeah, our next Christmas episode. That'll That'll be exciting, and very easy to find content for. But thank you for putting up with all these bizarre stories that i made you read and watch um i'm sorry that that spider-man episode wasn't a thanksgiving episode really at all but you know it, it's, it's what we had to work with I, I hope everyone enjoyed this i hope everybody enjoys their thanksgiving and, and get ready for the holidays because it's gonna be fucking great we all need it this year we need something uplifting for once because everything fucking sucks all the time <laughs> Well, even even Christmas can't be that uplifting because nothing is shipping, so you're not getting anything oh, this year. Geez. Merry yeah, Christmas. Order, order tonight, order way ahead. <laughs> Look out for those Black Friday sales because the second that they really get started, it's all over. Yeah, no, get your stuff now or else it's never going to show up. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. No, 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 no. Okay, enjoy your dinners. I'm sure most of you have, are probably listening to this after Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, okay, well, thank you so much. For listening to this we'll be back on a normal schedule shortly you can find us on instagram at marvel movie pod you can email us at marvelmoviepod at gmail.com you can find me on instagram at flipped egg franny is not on social media because he hates everyone else's happiness and he doesn't want to see them posting about it well i'm, I'm thankful for all of you i'm thankful that we can do this show where 
it's mostly talking about how mutants fuck each other or how everyone wants to fuck on me <laughs> most of the time. I'm really <laughs> thankful for that. Okay, enjoy enjoy the holidays. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Fruitcake.